Hey, welcome to our Public Church podcast. We hope this message blesses you today. For more information on Public Church, please see us on www.public.church. You got your hearts full of faith for what God's going to do in your hearts today? Excellent. Let's close our eyes. Father, right now, I just thank you, Lord, that you are doing something so incredible here, Father, in the hearts of every single person, Father, that calls public church home. Father, I just declare today that as we open your word, that every time, Father, we open your word, Father, that it cuts through, it brings healing, it brings truth, Father, it brings change. And Father, I just pray that today, whatever it is that everyone needs, right where they are in their seats, Thank you that you know, that you see, and Father, that your promises are yes and amen, that you are the way maker and the miracle worker. You are our promise keeper, and we love you with all our hearts. And everyone said, amen, amen. You can take your seats. Hey, we've got some new band members today. How good is it to see Tony on the bass? So good. And Makira was singing today, and DJ's second time, and... I'm just so proud of all you guys. You guys can you guys can go and sit down. Tony and Leanne, is Leanne here today? Oh, there she is. We love you guys. We're so glad that you're a part of public. We really are. Tony was he couldn't wait to get on team. It was so good. I love seeing him dancing up there, there down there. It was amazing. We're so. I'm telling you, Cameron and I are so proud of every single person. We just have so many volunteers and. To hear that Kim and Lynn are joining us on youth camp, go you guys. I'm so pumped for that. I don't know how you got roped into that, but I'm glad that you'll be there. And, and we've got like, now I was very cross with Cameron last week because he was giving Ralph a little bit of credit for the, for, the, uh, for the catering for camp, right? And I got home and I go, was Ruth not there? He's like, yeah. I'm like, Ruth is the one cooking with Susie. How could you give Ralph all the credit? He's like, yeah, but Ralph's been telling me about the deals. And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Ralph. But Ruth, we take our hat off to you and to Susie because let me tell you, they're amazing cooks and they are going to like rough it at Camp Drew. Is that right? To cook for our young people. And thank you, Ralph, who got our budget down from like, I don't know, $25 a day to 15 per child, which is unbelievable. We've got the best team. We love you guys. Cameron does not like not being here. Um, he's in India. Please pray for his safety. He said to me, oh, babe, it's really interesting. When our car drives into the hotel, they stop us to check for bombs. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes, yeah, they check under the car. They check the boot. They check all over. And I'm like, right, okay. Like, um, obviously, your car doesn't have a bomb on it, but maybe someone else's car does. So, um, yeah, they're really hardcore. And then they check all their luggage, not, not their luggage, they check their bags every time they walk in. So I'm like, okay, I'm not feeling so great that you're over there right now. So anyway, he's having a great time preaching over there um, in a phenomenal church, doing a, doing a conference. So he's back tomorrow. So pray for him because he will be jet lagged. We all know what happens when Cameron gets jet lagged. He just sleeps for days. Are you good? Are you ready? Have you got your Bibles with you? Excellent. Today, I wanted to speak on, um, and I'm, I'm going to try and talk for not too long. Okay, cool. Because we've left the, uh, you might have noticed, we haven't prayed for prayer needs yet. Um, and the reason is we've left it for the end because um, I really want to create an atmosphere of faith here today for people who are needing prayer for particular areas in their life. And uh, I'm telling you, Cameron and I, more than anything, 
want to have and believe that God's put in our hearts to have a church that the atmosphere is so electric with the power and the presence of God that when people walk in here, that they can feel it. And that you guys and us, all of us, that we walk out better and feeling our spirits higher than when we walked in. And, um, and so today I want to talk about the whole month is around breakthrough. And I know that we're focusing on a breakthrough offering. But we are also, the whole reason that we want to speak about breakthrough is because we want to teach all of us how to have a breakthrough in our daily lives, in, in our families, in our situations. So this whole month isn't just about taking up an, a breakthrough offering, but it's about learning to be people of breakthrough. And so today's message is called to prepare the atmosphere for breakthrough. And so I'm going to talk about the power of atmosphere and how actually atmospheres are a very spiritual uh, God idea, I guess. The atmosphere is a God breathe. The atmosphere can change things. And so I'm going to take you on a bit of a walk through the Bible and a few examples on how atmosphere can actually um, pull, I guess, or, or um, cause great miracles to happen. And that it actually is dependent upon you and I and the atmosphere that we create. So everyone say atmosphere. You know, even in, you know, cinemas are made to like suck up the atmosphere, to, to suck up the sound. I love it when you guys speak back at me because it, how it, gives, it actually creates an atmosphere of encouragement. And then I preach better, right? So can you do that with me today? Yeah, thanks, Brian. I know you're right there. Yay. Yeah, <laughs> so, okay, I don't know about you. Not that I've been to many sporting games because I don't really like sport. But when I do go occasionally, when I get dragged along, the atmosphere is always electric, right? Like when you go to a sport game, it is never silent, <coughs> right? <laughs> yes, all the NBA basketballers. I don't, I don't even know half the time what Isaiah's putting on his Insta stories, by the way. I'm like, I don't even know what that one was that you put up about. Um, and then you explained it in the next one. What was it? What's that? What even is that? Oh, trading basket. I don't know. But he's puts, and I always say to my kids, what does Izzy mean by this? Like, I feel like I'm not quite up with the latest if I don't understand Izzy's Insta stories, which is like always. So, something about basketball. The ones I understand is when you have a coffee cup. I get those ones. I'm like, oh, he's found a new good coffee spot. Get that one. I've never seen a baby about to be born without the atmosphere being full of anticipation. Right? Like you don't just, you know, someone doesn't have a baby and we're all just like, yeah, that's cool. It's like we're so excited. There's that atmosphere of anticipation. I've never been to a wedding where the atmosphere isn't one of happy celebration. Unless you're not happy about the people getting married. Maybe then. Um, the other week, uh, I visited someone in hospital, um, someone actually from public, and Izzy came a couple of days after a hospital on the north side of Brisbane. I don't reckon I've ever felt such a negative atmosphere in all my life. This ho this particular hospital, Izzy, do, do you agree? I literally walked out feeling like I needed counselling. I was like, the, the atmosphere in this hospital was really oppressive. You know, you can just feel an atmosphere. An atmosphere um, is the pervading tone or mood of a place, a situation, or even a person. Who knows that people create atmospheres? You know, some people, you can be around them and you're like, man, they're as dark as thunder. And then there are other people. Do you, ever, do you ever get it where there's someone that you think they look so happy and cheerful? You're like, 
they're so happy. I just want to be around that person. They just say, I've got an auntie like that, my auntie Anne. She's gotten deafer and deafer as the years have gone by, but she is so happy and excited. She's always like, right from when I was a little girl, right up until now, she's like, oh, Renee, and she gives me a big hug. And she's always positive. And I'm like, I love my auntie Anne because there's an atmosphere around her. Your home has an atmosphere. Your home has an atmosphere. What is the atmosphere of your home? Is it one of negativity? Is it one of put down? Or is it one of um, this is a great place to be? Is it one where everyone feels loved and accepted? Your workplace has an atmosphere. The church, this church has an atmosphere. When people walk in, we're either friendly and, you know, people get, and in fact, the one, one thing that people say all the time to Cameron and I is there's such an authentic feel to public church. And I love that. I love that people come in and they feel like they can be themselves. I love that about our church. You know, I used to love visiting my Nana's house at Christmas time. Who loves Christmas? Love Christmas, right? Yeah, see, Si used to have an English white Christmas. He's exchanged it for a hot, dry Australian Christmas. But hey, we still sing all the snow bells, no, jingle bells, snow. Oh, we still sing like we live in England, but we live in Australia. My nana, I used to love going to her house at Christmas time, and um, this will be the first Christmas coming up that my nana hasn't been around. So I've literally had my whole life of Christmas at nana's, and I loved it. You know, you could smell, like, I'd walk in, I would smell butter cake, and I'd smell, I'm Dutch. My mum and dad were both born in Holland, so you could smell, my nana would cook Olly Bollen, Ollen Bollen, Olly Bollen. And any Dutchies, it's kind of like this doughy thing that you drop in, like, oil and cook, and then put sugar cinnamon and sugar and like icing sugar around it's like yum yum like he's gonna cook olive oil now um she would always have this candle burning it was it was this little wooden man and the candle would burn and it looked like he was smoking a pipe (laughs) it was really cute at my nana's funeral i'm like who got that i want that i actually wanted that my auntie took it um you know the atmosphere when it's about to have a storm you know, you can feel it when, when there's about to be a storm. You can feel it. You can smell it, right? Can anyone smell rain? Who can smell rain? No, no, apparently not everyone. Who can't smell rain? Who thinks we're crazy? Oh, no one's willing to admit. Liam, was that you? Do you just put your hand up? I'll speak to you later. It's my son. <laughs> Some people reckon they can't smell rain. I'm like, yes, you sure can smell rain. Um, You know, physical atmospheres are actually set and perceived by our five senses. So you think about it, sight, touch, smell, sound, taste. Everything that's to do with an atmosphere, we perceive by those five, um, you know, senses of our body. So the natural patterns here on earth are always merely a reflection of supernatural patterns, right? So therefore, there are also spiritual atmospheres. I want you to write that down, spiritual atmospheres, So we're going to look at a few examples in the Bible where uh, it talks about different atmospheres and then we're going to look at two last stories and then we're going to land it there and I want us to pray together at the end. So the first one is this, in Mark chapter 4 verse 39, there was an atmosphere of peace that brings a breakthrough in a storm. Okay, so perhaps, you know, when you're facing a storm, it is an atmosphere of peace that can actually bring breakthrough in a storm. So here we see Jesus got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm, a calm atmosphere that broke through a storm. Number two, example two, an atmosphere of worship 
that brought a breakthrough in a battle. Do you know how powerful it is to put on some worship music and to worship God? Or no, don't even put on music, just worship God. Do you know how powerful that is to bring breakthrough in a battle? You know, the last couple of days, I had like a headache for three days in a row. And I didn't sleep really well. And that's kind of not normally like me. But it all was around the same time that Cameron went to India. And every now and then when he goes away, I can feel like a spiritual battle going on. And um, Cameron like knew that I was kind of feeling really heavy. And then I had to preach today. And I had to preach Friday night as well. At um, I preached about how to parent teens of all things. But it was great. I had good fun. But I'm like, you know, I'm feeling kind of my lowest. And yet I'm having to... You know, and I, I just, um, I got into the lounge last night and I put my worship music on and I just started worshipping. And I just started saying, you know what? I said, you know what, enemy? I don't care what you're trying to bring, bring against me. I'm, and I started to just speak into the atmosphere. And then I started to speak into the atmosphere here at public because I thought, you know what? When the enemy tries to pull you down, then the greatest weapon that we have sometimes is just to start to worship. So here we see that these different armies had declared war against Jehoshaphat. And we see in 2 Chronicles, I think Izzy talked about this last week, not this exact scripture, but another one where they brought out a a harp, I think it was, and started to play. It was Elisha. But this one here, 2 Chronicles, says, After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And look at this. As they began to dance, sorry, as they began to sing and praise, the Lord sent ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were evading Judah, and they were defeated. You find yourself in the middle of a battle. Sometimes all you need to do is to start to sing and to praise, and it will be the Lord that will bring the ambush, right? You're starting to, maybe it's a struggle in your finances. You start to sing over your bank balance. Maybe it's a struggle in a relationship or you're going through something. You start to sing over that and believe, God, as I do that, you're bringing the ambush and you're defeating the power of the enemy, Example three, another one where the atmosphere created by music brings a breakthrough, this time in someone who was struggling with depression and a tormented mind, and it's Saul. In 1 Samuel, I love this, 16 verse 23, it came about that whenever the evil spirit from God came to Saul, David would take the harp and play it with his hand. And look what would happen. Saul would be refreshed and be well, and the evil spirit would depart from him. I've told you before about the story of my senior pastor's wife years ago in Adelaide when she had um, a nervous breakdown from the time that she had uh, that, that she lived in Papua New Guinea as a missionary. And she came back and she was kind of bedridden. She used to just sit, lay in her bed singing praises to God until the breakthrough came. She didn't see it. I'm, I'm not saying don't see a doctor or anything like that, but she, she literally that's all she did. She just sang praises to God. And so it was a really powerful thing in our church when I grew up that praise brings breakthrough. Example four, the atmosphere that was so strong in the presence of God, people couldn't stand. I love this. You know, I'd I'd love for our church to have an atmosphere of the presence of God so strong that people come in and they can just feel it. 1 Kings 8, it happened that when the priests came from the holy place, the cloud filled the house of the Lord so the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. And example five, an atmosphere of God's power brought great breakthrough and healing. 
Luke 5.17 says, One day he, Jesus, was teaching, and there were some Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And look at this. The power of the Lord was present to perform healing. You know, we heard Pastor Andrew last week and the incredible story of his healing from uh, from a broken back, a broken spine. The one thing he didn't bring, which I wish that he did, he actually has got all the original x-rays. Um, it would have been so incredible for you guys to have been able to see that. And, you know, it wasn't like there was some massive, you know, the band didn't come into his room and start play, pr- playing or anything like that. He just would lay there and listen to his headphones and start worshipping and his pastor would come in and his parents would come in and they would just pray the simplest of prayers. But the power of God was there and it performed an incredible miracle. That's right here today for you and for me. And I know some of you might have been believing for that for a long time. Never give up. Hope is a very powerful thing to keep on hoping until you see that thing come into actual substance in your life. So I want to go a little bit deeper and and show you two stories that will actually teach us how do we bring an atmosphere, how do we change an atmosphere so that we can bring breakthrough. And I want you to think of this in terms of your own life and what is it that you need a breakthrough in. And it doesn't even have to be anything like negative. It could be, God, I'm believing for a great breakthrough in my business. God, I'm, bringing, I'm believing for a great breakthrough, Lord, in the job of my dreams that I, that I want to have. Or, God, I'm believing for a, for a breakthrough that you would bring the man of my dreams or the woman of my dreams into my life. It can be for a good thing that we're believing for breakthrough. So uh, let's have a look at this story, Mark chapter 5, verse 22 to 24. Um, this is a story of, of Jairus' daughter. One of the synagogue officials named Jairus came up and seeing him, fell him again, Jesus, sorry, fell at his feet and begged anxiously, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her so she will be healed and live. And Jesus went with him, and a large crowd followed him and pressed in and around him. And let's jump, jump down to verse 35. While he was still speaking, because what happened was, then Jesus was interrupted, okay? And, and the woman with the issue of blood came and interrupted Jesus. So then we follow on to the story. While he was speaking, some people, some other people came from the synagogue official's house, and they said, your daughter's actually died now, so why bother the teacher any longer? And overhearing what was being said, Jesus said to the synagogue official, do not be afraid, only keep on believing. And look at this. He allowed no one to go with him except Peter and James and John. And they came to the house of the synagogue official and he looked with understanding at the uproar and commotion and people loudly weeping and wailing. But look at what he did. He made them go outside. The people that were bringing the fear, the grief, understandably, right? But he made them go outside before he could pray for a miracle. And so uh, he took the child's father and mother and the three that were with him, Peter and James and John. And I believe he brought those ones in because they were the ones that could believe for a miracle. And he said tenderly, Talitha kum, which translated means little girl, I say to you, get up. Even Jesus put people out who had a negative atmosphere. 
which is a challenge, right? Because when you're going through something difficult, it's very natural and normal to have a, a, a normal human response. But we're not to live according to the patterns of this world. We're not to live dictated to by our flesh. We're to live as people that go, you know what, God, despite my circumstance, despite where things are at right now, I'm going to put out those things, God, and I'm going to be someone that creates an atmosphere of faith and belief that you can move and do breakthrough and miracle in my situation. I love that he chose Peter and James and John because story two, let's have a look at this one. This story is very similar and it's to do with Peter this time. So you've got to remember, Peter was with Jesus when he prayed for Jairus' daughter. And by the way, she was healed and she got up. And now, a little while later, we see exactly the same situation, but Peter now, because this is in Acts, so Jesus is no longer there, and Peter is here in the same situation. Guess what? Jesus had taught Peter, and Peter imitated Jesus, and where to imitate and do the same. So let's have a look. So in Acts chapter 9, so uh, what's happened is a widow called Dorcas, or Tabitha, as her name was known, had made all these undergarments for all the widows, and she was very well loved and did a lot of good deeds in the community, but she got sick and she died. And so we see here in uh, verse 39 to 41 that the widows had come. The people had come and said, you've got to come. You've got to pray for our friend Dorcas. You've got to pray for her because she's died. You've got to, you, we, you know, we can't do without her in our lives. So he went with them. And when he came, they took him to the room. And look again, the women whose husbands had died were standing around crying. They were showing the clothes that Dorcas had made. But look at what Peter did. He made them all leave the room. Then he got down on his knees and he prayed and turning to the body, guess what? He said exactly what Jesus had said to Jairus' daughter in that uh, couple of chapters ago in Mark. Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, she looked at Peter and sat up and he took her by the hand, lifted her up, then called in the faithful followers and the women and he gave, them to them, gave her to them a living person. Can you see how similar these stories are? That the people that sucked the atmosphere, that sucked the faith, that sucked the miracle were actually put out. And the ones that could believe for it were the ones that were brought in. Let me tell you this. We will not see breakthrough unless we first create an atmosphere of faith. Let me say that again. We will not see breakthrough unless we first create an atmosphere of faith. Now, I've been to... Plenty of churches where you know that people are told you've got to respond to the, um, you know, to the pastor when they're preaching. And, and um, I, I even know churches where they actually will kind of, um, you know, okay, everyone's got to jump up and shout at this time because we're going to take a photo. And it, you know, it's all about, and I, I actually don't like that kind of stuff. But I can see what they're trying to do. They're trying to create an atmosphere, right? But I think if we have to tell people what to do, it's not coming from in here. So what Jesus wants us to do is to, to know from in here that, you know, when we're agreeing with something we hear, it's because it does something in here. That, you know, when we, we get up and we shout and we praise, it's because we're doing something in the atmosphere. It's not because someone's telling us to do it. It's because we want to change the atmosphere and we understand that. 
And we want to be a church here that understands atmospheres. That when we do praise, it's not just because we do two praise and then we do a worship, we do a worship song and a tag because we short service, we can't fit it all in. Right? It's actually because we want people to lift their spirits by praising. We want people to be able to come in and to go, no matter what's been on my life this week or what's happened this week, I'm going to praise him anyway. And this should be stuff that we don't just do on a Sunday, but do it in your car. I know sometimes I think people must think I'm absolutely batty because I turn my music up so loud. And some songs, like we're going to do this new one next week, Waymaker. Oh, my gosh. And like, I'm singing it in my car. He's a Waymaker. He's a this and he's a that. And people are driving past me. And I'm like, yeah, hey. I don't care because I'm like my the atmosphere in my car I'm telling you it is electric and then I start praying over things and over people or I pray over my kids or I think of you guys during the week and I know people that need a miracle like I know I know that Brad needs a miracle and week after week he puts up his hand and so I'm praying waymaker and I'll be like come on God come on God encourage him this week God father let him not give up this week God come on do a miracle in his body God we start to pray because the atmosphere in my car is changing and then when you don't feel like it, I put on the ABC. <laughs> and then it's depressing. So I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> but you see the difference, right? The difference between just putting on your radio and kind of, the, I'm, I do that if I'm like really tired. I'm just like, yeah. But other times, like, man, I just get going in prayer. Where am I up to? Okay. We're nearly done. We're going to pray. But not, don't, back, don't come yet, band. I'll tell you when. When we get the atmosphere right, it prepares the way for God to do a miracle. And, and I showed you all those examples where the miracle came because of the atmosphere. So Jehoshaphat's armies won and the other armies were defeated because the, the men had gone out and were singing. And it was while they were worshipping, God went and ambushed the other armies. That is powerful. You know, we've read these stories here of when Jesus wanted to heal a body and he had to put out the people who would bring a negative, faithless atmosphere. And he needed the ones that would be the people that would believe. And that's what we need to be here in our daily lives, in our homes, in our workplaces, that where the atmosphere changes. You know, um, how do we create an atmosphere of faith ready for a miracle? It's super, really, it's super easy um, but let me just say this, we are actually responsible for creating an atmosphere of faith. And this was a scripture I was going to show you at the end, but I'm just going to jump to it. It's Ma Matthew chapter 13, verse 58. There actually were times when Jesus' ability to work miracles was reduced because of the unbelief. So there were times when Jesus' ability to perform miracles and breakthrough was diminished because the atmosphere was not one full of faith. So look at Matthew 13, 58. I don't know if we can jump to that. Cool, if you can't. It says, he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. I don't want that to be said about public church. I don't want that to be said about your life and my life. In fact, I want it to say instead that Jesus did many miracles in the house and in the lives of public church because of their great faith. He responds to faith. How do we create an atmosphere of faith? It's actually done very intentionally and physically by our actions. We need to be intentional. So number one, our faith-filled actions. We actually have to take action. Luke 5.20, Jesus, uh, Cameron talked about, Jesus, Cameron's anonymous. 
um, Cameron talked about it on the, on, the, uh, on the video and he's talked about it before. You know, when they brought the crippled man, they, they laid the paralyzed man on the mat and the four nameless men brought him to Jesus. And Luke chapter 5 verse 20 says that when Jesus saw their faith, what did he see? He saw a physical action. The physical action of picking up this man and bringing him to Jesus, it just absolutely flooded an atmosphere with faith where Jesus could physically, he's like, I can see your faith because you're bringing this man to me. We need to create atmospheres by our actions. That's why we're doing a breakthrough offering at the end of this month. Yes, we're doing it because God's given us vision for, for where we're going at public church. But you know what? It's actually more about what's going to be done in you and in me as a person. God's going to bless that and multiply that. And I know that with all my heart, but it's what he's going to do in us as we physically step out. God responds to faith. God responds when we physically do something. I know for all of us, none of us are like millionaires that are just can throw money around. All of us have budgets and are tight with our finances. But to be able to step out and go, God, you know what? I give you everything that I have. I give you what I have and I'm going to give you enough that it's going to make me uncomfortable. God sees that and goes, well done, you person full of faith. And God responds to faith. And when you create an atmosphere of faith in your life like that, you are Watch God bring breakthrough and do miracles in your life. If I could have the, the band come. You know, um, when, I think, I don't know if I've told you this before, but when I was pregnant with Georgia, have I told you that one before? I don't know. Some of you might have heard it. So Georgia, who's like 18 now, when I was pregnant with her, I was teaching at the time and I remember I was on, um, I was on yard duty first thing in the morning in an Adelaide winter. And I knew that something was wrong. I was only like eight or nine weeks pregnant and I knew that something was wrong. So I quickly went to the office and, um, and they sent me to the doctor. And the doctor said to me, your body's actually preparing for, for a miscarriage. So I'm like, okay. So she said, go, you need to go home and sit on your bed and do nothing for three days. Like unless you literally need to, you know, go to the loo or like don't even, do not have really hot showers. Like you do just have to sit on your bed. I'm like, okay. So I went home and I remember, you know, like, I mean, I was, couldn't even believe I was pregnant, let alone now I'm like, okay, so maybe losing the baby. And I remember going home and I remember sitting on the bed and the only thing that I knew to do was to pick up my Bible. And, um, and I just didn't even know what to read. I just opened it. And I actually opened it right up to Mark chapter 5 about Jairus' daughter. And I read that and it said, you know, but his daughter had died and yet Jesus said, do not be struck with alarm or seized by fear. Only keep on believing. And so I remember going, okay, and I understand that, you know, miscarriages, one in four. And, and I'm not saying that I had any greater faith than anybody else because my, my dear friends of mine have had miscarriages too. But I know for me in that moment, God spoke to me in that moment and said, this is for you and you're going to have a little girl and she's going to be okay. And you just need to not be afraid. And even though the doctors have given you the facts, I'm telling you what the truth is. And the truth is that she's going to be okay. And so three days later, and I'm telling you, like, you know, in those three days, I, my body was still, you know, I knew that my body was still trying to miscarry. And I went back to the doctor after three days. But you know what I did in those three days? And I'm telling you, I didn't feel like it. I was scared in my head. I was scared. But in my 
my heart, I'm like, God, you've given me a scripture. And there is a little girl growing in my stomach, Father, and not my stomach, you know, body. And God, thank you that her heart is beating strong. And I started to create an atmosphere of faith around me with the words and the word of God. And that was my second point is we need to have faith-filled words. And I started to say, thank you, God, that my body is strong. My body is anointed to carry this baby. And I thank you, God, that you're going to just make everything work the way that it should work. And I would pray over her. And I would pray over her heart and over every organ and over her brain. And I just would pray over her whole body. And three days later, I went back to the doctor and they said, you know what? This is really unusual, but like everything's closed up and everything's fine um, at the moment. But, you know, you need to go have a ultrasound and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, and I remember Cameron's like, oh, we're going to have a we're going to have a boy. And I'm like, no, we're not. Like, you don't mess with a mama where God speaks to you. Like, I'm like, we're so not having a boy. We're having a girl. And we named her Georgia, partly because it's my father-in-law's middle name, Colin George. And her middle name's Anne, which is my mother-in-law's name, Georgia Ann. But Georgia means promise of God. And, um, and then right before she was born again, same thing happened. And the obstetrician measured her and she's like, something's wrong. And the baby, she was way too small. Her growth was dropping. But, you know, I wasn't even worried. I'm like, oh, you're joking? Here we go again. And, you know, you're stronger second time round because God did something. And so you go, God, I've, I believe, and she's going to be okay. And she was born early, and she was this floppy, floppy, tiny little five-pound, nine, cutesy little thing. And she hardly even cried when she was born, and she's been quiet ever since, really. But, you know, I look at her, and I go, miracle of God, miracle of God. God wants to do a miracle in your life. But we've got to keep faith-filled, faith-filled words. Romans 4.17 says, Speak to the non-existent things as if they already existed. I love that. Speak to the non-existent things as if they exist. Some of you that are believing, you know, I know even it, Brad and Ruth, I, I speak that over you. I, I see God providing. I see God providing a house where you don't have to travel miles to get here. I see God doing a miracle and doing a breakthrough over this month in, you, in your lives. And I speak that over you. I see the most, like, no kilometers that you have to travel to get here. And I don't know how or why or where, when God's going to do that, but I believe that for you. And if you're believing for a miracle, we believe with you today. We talked about worship and the power of worship as well. So what I want us to do is I'm going to get us all to stand. We can stand where we are. And just for the last couple of minutes, and, and I, I asked Izzy not to do the, the prayer needs before because um, I wanted to do it now. And I talked to you about how the power of worship and the power of singing and the power of our words. And I want to pray with everyone here today. And I'm sure that many of you, you know, you just are believing for different things. It's, it doesn't even have to be like, you know, it could be healing or it could be finances, but you know, I know Chloe and Danny, you're about to get married. I'm, we're believing for you guys for not just a wonderful um, marriage, but a, sorry, not just a wonderful day, but a wonderful marriage and that God will provide for you financially, that a house and, you know, I know he's provided a job for you, Chloe, but there's so much more for you guys. I'm believing that for you guys today. And what I want us to do, 
if you're believing for something, you're believing for breakthrough, you're believing for a miracle, then I want you where you are just to, to lift up your hands in just a moment.